Hello and welcome to the Scriptual Podcast on iCode Media. Today, what I want to do on this bonus episode is to break down, try to make it simpler to understand the nuances of 99 codes. Now, this really came to light. Dr. Kyle Clutie and I did a billing and coding webinar for a social media site about two weeks ago now. And we were exceedingly clear about where things go and how you arrive at different levels of coding. But one of the challenges that occurs is that if you don't have a really solid foundational understanding of the definitions that the AMA provides us to classify conditions, then you'll wind up waffling and wavering in these uncertainties. And that is the exact last thing that we want. And so there was a great question. This is not intended to belittle anybody. It's not intended to make anybody look bad or any social media website look bad. They they all provide really uh, valuable resources for people. But one of the biggest challenges is, and we see this all the time with billing and coding, is that people will say they're an expert or they'll act like they're an expert and or they'll say things with very strong conviction but then there's not a lot of backing up of how they have those convictions and so one of the things that we try to do within iCode is we try to say hey look this is what a regulation uh, or a guideline tells us very clearly this on the other side of it may be kind of ambiguous And so then we try when it's ambiguous, we want to say, look, there are two interpretations or maybe three interpretations of this guideline. Uh, Here's a conservative one. We think that you should probably go with a conservative one to be safe. Here's a sort of middle of the road one. And then here's one that uh, is on the more liberal interpretation of it. So that might be a little more risky if you use that interpretation, but it's not entirely clear based on this regulation or this guideline. And we try to do that when those uncertainties exist. And the goal there is just so that we can provide you with some insight into what occurs. So that this is not about, this episode is not about belittling anybody. I want to be very clear about that. But I want to um, highlight one of the challenges that occur. And so, you know, the question was, what qualifies as an undiagnosed new problem with uncertain prognosis? And then it says, okay, so a patient comes in with a red eye, no previous diagnosis, a medication is prescribed for treatment at the end of the exam. What possible diagnosis would qualify uh, for that? Would it be an ulcer, conjunctivitis, abrasion, etc.? And then what occurs is it sort of derails a bit where uh, we, we go into some people saying that all you need to do to achieve a level four is prescribe a medication. That is not what the guidelines say. We'll talk about that in a second. We have some people that, that come in and talk about the, the fact that something might be minor uh, or minimal uh, but that means it most likely will heal with even without help uh, or something that's moderate that seems more risky or something that's severe that seems even more risky. Again, the the bottom line with that is we're classifying problems, but a lot of those moderate problems or uh, severe problems, if we're just thinking about them as like, well, that seems moderate or that seems severe, it doesn't really give us good insight into how the AMA is classifying those different types of problems. And so the bottom line here is in order to achieve, and we've said this before, I've said this hundreds of times, 
uh, over the course, not just on iCode, but on, when I'm talking to large audiences across the country, in order to meet a specific level of code, you have to meet or exceed two of the three elements underneath that code in order to hit that code. So what that means is when you think about a, a 992x4, you have three different elements underneath that that you need to consider. One is a problem type. So we score a problem. The second one is data. So how much data do you need to evaluate that you're not getting paid to evaluate in some other form to take care of a patient? And then the third area is risk of treatment or risk of diagnostic uh, intervention or risk of other socioeconomic things that could occur. So, so basically we have problems, we have data, and we have risk. And to be clear, in order to meet a level four, you need to have basically that a level four type of problem and or data and or risk. You have to have two of those three that meet or exceed that level uh, in order to achieve a level four. And so that leads people to, if they don't hear that clearly or they don't really grasp it, what happens is they'll just think about the problem or they'll just think about the risk. For In this example, one, one person was just thinking about the risk. Okay, the risk is I prescribe a medication. The AMA says that the risk of a medication, a prescription medication is moderate. So all I have to do is prescribe a medication. That misses the type of problem or the amount of data that is required to manage that. And so, so as an example, this person asked about an undiagnosed new problem with uncertain prognosis. And so if we dig into what the AMA says specifically about an undiagnosed new problem with uncertain prognosis, we can see exactly what they tell us. So the AMA says an undiagnosed new problem with uncertain prognosis is a problem in the differential diagnosis that represents a condition likely to result in a high risk of morbidity without treatment. An example may be a lump in the breast. Now the challenge with this um, with this specific definition within the AMA is that they don't give us any examples that are related to ocular things. And so, you know, my advice here is when you have an undiagnosed, the, the real question is this differential diagnosis. So a problem in the differential diagnosis that represents a condition likely to result. So does that mean a patient comes in with some a vague complaint and the differential diagnosis could be a number of other things without treatment. I think that can probably come into play. Um, the other one that's very clear, so that would be a little bit more center, maybe a little more liberal uh, interpretation where let's say a patient comes in and they've got um, pain and light sensitivity. And before you even look at that patient, maybe they have some watery discharge, pain and light sensitivity in their vision. They feel like their vision is a little, a little bit blurry. So you take the history, you uh, obtain that level of, of background. And then before you even look at the patient in your mind, your differential diagnosis could be a corneal ulcer. It could be a corneal abrasion. It could be a recurrent corneal erosion. It could be, uh, maybe perhaps a anterior uveitis. It could be a herpetic ulcer. So within that, you know, that, that would be probably right in there. You have a problem in the differential diagnosis that has a condition likely to result in a high risk of morbidity without treatment. I think that's a classic example. Um, so 
Or the other, the more conservative approach would be, okay, well, we have this new problem. I've been able to look at the slit lamp to know that this patient might have recurrent corneal erosion. So I know it's not an ulcer. I know it's not anything else, but I still have this differential diagnosis because there's this kind of, um, there's this kind of irregular appearance. And maybe that's a, 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 the beginning of a, a herpetic ulcer versus a, um, recurrent corneal erosion. So I like this example because in that you are stating very clearly that in your differential diagnosis, you might have something that could increase risk of morbidity without treatment. So if I'm thinking it's a corneal, uh, a herpes simplex ulcer, uh, or like a dendrite versus uh, recurrent corneal erosion that's sort of healing, and, and those two can look very similar to, to you, uh, Usually history allows you to uncover that, but I think the bottom line is if in your chart you're putting this versus that, likely this based on X, Y, and Z, then that's going to be the very conservative approach to thinking about an undiagnosed new problem with uncertain prognosis. And so I think the the bottom line there is that, that, that in the chart, you want to make it very clear that you have this differential someplace that you're considering. Uh, that makes it very easy on an audit for somebody to say, is this what type of problem? Uh, so you may want to say in your assessment, this versus that, likely this, whether that comes from your um, your documentation at the front end, you know, when you're thinking about obtaining a history, or that comes within your documentation under the assessment, the bottom line from all of this is you want to make it exceedingly clear in your chart for a documentation standpoint that you had multiple things on your mind. And one of those things could have led to a high risk of morbidity without treatment. So I think the bottom line here is You've got to know these definitions. You've got to know where the definitions are very clear and where they are uncertain. And what we try to do at iCode is we try to give you the understanding of what those definitions are. And then we try to point out where they might be vague. And when they are vague, how do you document appropriately so that you are nuanced, you're making a point to show the nuance of the complexity of the thought process that's going on in your in your Uh, in your clinical care. And so uh, that can be very helpful. And our goal is to make it so that you are able to provide that care at the highest, furthest level level of your knowledge, education, and training in a way that is efficient and effective and also provides value to what you're doing. Uh, We don't want to lead to any additional uncertainties. I'm just trying to give you a very quick overview of the way we think about different levels of codes. And the bottom line is, I've said this now, this will be the third time, in order to meet a specific level of code, you have to meet or exceed two of the areas underneath that code, problem, data, and risk. And you got to know what falls into each one of those. So two out of the three, the most common that you're going to be using are problems and risk. And that's, we don't want you to get messed up on that. You've got to have both of those areas fall underneath your level four in order for you to achieve that specific code. So I hope this was helpful for you. We do not want to add to any confusion. We only want to add to clarity. If this is something that works well for you, all of our subscribers have access to a whole bunch of email resources and online resources from people that you can know went through sort of a baseline of training. 
And then we have access to Ask Me, Any, uh, Ask Me Anything webinars. We do those every quarter. As we continue to expand subscribers, we will do those more often. So if you're a subscriber, thanks for being a subscriber. If not, we'll put the links in today's show notes. Have a great week. We'll see you on the next one.